0: Good afternoon, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Devoted with Bernice today. Um, I'm going to be doing a Bible study on Judges. We're going to be looking at um, Jephthah, the story of Jephthah. And God is going to be giving us some lessons that we can learn from people in the Word of God. And he led me to Jephthah. Many of you probably know about Jephthah, or you might not know about Jephthah, but um, I'm not a, um, how do you put it? I'm not a, um, a stranger to Jephthah. I remember the the first time the Lord literally caused my Bible to open to Jephthah. Um, continuously, I was asking him a question and he led me to Jephthah. Um, and every year, in a certain moment in my life that I'll ask a question, he will lead me to Jephthah. And so I've learned a lot of lessons from Jephthah. You you all, if you know me, you know that I love the book. Well, the book of Genesis, uh, mostly about um, Joseph. The story of Joseph is one of my favorite stories. But um, I've come to realize that Jephthah, the story of Jephthah has some connection to joseph and also to david um and also has great lessons that we can really glean from and so today we're going to be looking at um judges um judges 11 so get your bibles your books and your pens and let's dig in and learn all that we can about this man of god Welcome back. This is Devoted with Bernice. Like I said, every um, day I read the book of Proverbs. And so I am going to be sharing. Today is August 26th. So let's look at Proverbs 26. Um, Let's see some things that we can glean from concerning wisdom. Um, And so I would say what will stick out to me is... Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. That's true. You know, if somebody is worked up, angry, or if somebody's just saying very not so smart things, sometimes you have to choose your battles. Literally, you're like, Can I win this person over with my words? Or is this person just needs a dose of the Holy Spirit encounter? to actually change your mindset, you know. Um I always say that age doesn't make somebody wise. Age is not a definition of wisdom. There are a lot of people who are who are old but don't have wisdom, you know. Um age is not just cuz somebody has gray hair or somebody is old doesn't it doesn't mean that they're they they don't have not so smart or not so wise. Um, things to say there are people that I've I've met that are very very wise and they're very young and there are some that are very very wise and they're very old so just because somebody is old doesn't mean that they are wise so you know how to basically they what Solomon is saying here is that if you find out their answer is is not wise you don't want to you don't want to converse with them in in the stage that they are or in the state that they are. Um, you don't want to be, you know, like them. So the best thing is to basically, um, it says to basically answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. You know, and that's the next um, verse five, which is um, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. So it's best to just um, sometimes pick your pick your apples and pick your bananas. Is this, is this a banana or is this an apple? Are you going to continue to talk or are you just going to step back and let the person get revelation from the Holy Spirit? Um, the other one that I would say is... Um, Where there is no wood the fire goes out and where there is no tail bearer strife ceases and that is very important i feel like the lord is talking about how like we converse with each other or like how we communicate with each other how um how to handle people when it comes to conversing talking to them and it's true here, you know, Proverbs twenty six twenty, where there was no wood, the fire goes out, and where there was no tail bearer, strife ceases. And it's true because you know, if you, if you are, not um, fanning the flames of strife, it's gonna go out. You know, um, there are times where you have to decide: Are you going to continue to talk back and forth, or are you gonna just let it cool down? Right. Um, The third one is 27 says, whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have it rolled back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it. And a flattering mouth works ruin. And these are great because it says in Proverbs 26, 27 to 28. Um, you know, whatever, basically, what what you sow, you will reap. You know, if you dig a pit for somebody to fall into, eventually you're going to meet somebody who's going to dig a pit for you to fall into. Or if you roll a stone, you know... Um, over somebody you're going to have that experience and we see that in the word of god with with Jacob right Jacob and Esau you know he stole his bro- his brother his brother's birthright he was his name Jacob means supplanter which is a deceiver and he fell in love with Rachel and he and the, and Rachel's father who is a bigger deceiver deceived him right he thought he was getting away with deceiving somebody but guess what he had his he thought he was getting away with you know um digging a pit for somebody but he also had a bigger pit he was about to encounter based on the woman that he fell in love with his father's you know um her father's uh schemes and the scheme was that he worked for Rachel for you know a certain amount of time I believe it was seven years or uh, 14 years, I'm not completely sure, and I don't want to make a mistake. But he worked for her, you know, for a certain amount of time to marry her. But then the wedding night, you know, wedding back then were consummated by them having sexual encounter as a, as a, a man and wife. And so that night, you know, he he had sex. And then the next morning he saw, oh, wait, it's not Rachel that he had sex with. It is Leah, Rachel's sister, older sister. And so, in that time, the older child had to get married first. Um, and so then he, Jacob, had to work another more years to win, um, ritual the one that he actually worked for. So, this is an example of you know the fact that if you dig a pit for someone to fall, the Lord sees, you know, it says in the word of God that. His eyes go to and fro. He searches the hearts and the minds of everyone. And sometimes the pit that you might try to dig, you might try to dig it in silence or you might try to dig it you know by uh talking about somebody, by bringing strife like we saw in Proverbs 26:22. By bringing strife or a 20 uh Proverbs 26:20. 20. By bringing strife in somebody else's life or uh making somebody look horrible. That's that is Digging a pit by putting some and putting someone's name in the trash or or doing something wicked that you think nobody else has sees, but just like you know Moses um killed the man and thought nobody saw him somebody's always at the corner and they're gonna see and you will definitely come into your i think the father of Rachel was Laban you will meet your Laban and you will have to falling up the pit that you you know somebody else will dig for you because you 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 dig a pit that that was to swallow somebody else so be careful what you do to people because eventually sometimes majority of time it will come back and bite you uh what you reap you will sow always sometimes it might not be you it might be your children that will sow it and so be careful be really careful because um god is a god of vengeance and He's a, he's a God. He's a God who is fair. God is very fair. He has grace, but the thing is that uh, he doesn't go away from his principles. You know, he's a God that knows how to fairly bring um, punishment or bring reward. So just as even with um, Adam and Eve's children. You know, one of the child said, "Am I my brother's keeper? Why did he do that, Abel and Cain? Right? He's and the, the Lord told the Lord told him, if you do right, you will be rewarded. Um, and so sometimes, if you don't do right, you will reap what you sow. So let's um, let's go on into prayer. Father, we thank you for these messages that you've given us through Proverbs today. That we are indeed to be people who know how to converse with those that might not be on the same level of intelligence as we are or even wisdom that we are to know that our words have power that uh if we if we continue to put wood in the in the fire is gonna keep flaming but if we see strife there will not be increase in strife give us wisdom and even the character and the heart posture And even the discernment to be able to know how to interact with our brothers and sisters. And even those in marriages also, you know, husbands and wives, how to deal with each other, siblings, how to deal with each other. And even leaders, how to deal with those that are under them, God. And so I just pray for... um your hand over us that even those that have dig pits for people uh that have been like joseph brothers you know um that have dig pit for for their for their siblings or for their their neighbors or for their friends or even for their enemies lord you your word says that uh, an eye is not for an eye but we are to turn the other cheek and we are to give room for you to vind- vindicate and so i pray that those that um have dug pit for people fall into that they will be convicted today and and repent for for what they did to other people and as they repent i pray that lord you will give them grace to be able to be better in the next assignment that they're going to so lord we thank you for these three verses that you've given us to steward well in our hearts in our minds in in our walk with you because your word says that lord we are to be doers of your word and not just hearers only help us to put these word these this wisdom into practice in our lives Lives, in our day-to-day lives. So I thank you for this time that we're going to learn about Jephthah. I pray the Lord, everything that you want to help us to engulf in, in and help us to learn from the lessons of Jephthah, that we will be able to see it in all its entirety. Help us to leave this uh, episode knowing something that we did not know before and even knowing something that we, we can utilize in our own personal lives to be a better leader, to be a better person, and even to be a better child, a better friend, uh, a better uh, woman, a better man in our lives that we live. We live to please you. We live to be a better person, a better person, people so that we can draw all men onto you when we lift your name on high through our living our day-to-day circumstances so i thank you holy spirit come in this room come in this moment speak through me i yield myself my mind my body my spirit to you god I am humbled before you, Father, that you will elevate yourself in this moment. I thank you and I bless your holy name. We come against every assignment of the enemy. We dismantle it with the blood of Jesus. And we apply the blood of Jesus over this episode and this podcast. We thank you, God, for all that you do and all that you continue to do in our lives. We thank you and we bless your holy name. And it's in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen.
1: I guess I've outgrown them But that doesn't mean that I don't believe That there's something bigger than me Cause I've seen it in a hospital room When the doctor said sorry There's nothing more we can do Well it wasn't through I've never seen a particle End of the rainbow But I've got a promise I can hold In the middle of the struggle God, if you said You'll perform It may not be how I want you to But here's what I'll do
2: I'm gonna wait on you I'm gonna wait on you i tasted your kids trust in your promise I'm gonna wait on you yes I'm gonna wait on you I tasted your
1: Yeah, you are the author But there's no predicting what is next But you hold the future
2: That's what happens when you do You'll get it strong.
0: all right so let's go into the word of god with jephthah so um judges 11. you know that book of judges is a book that is Full of rebellious ways of the Israelites and the redemption of God. God is so amazing that he literally... you you, you see the patience of God in this book of Judges. I know many, many people will say, oh, Judges about, you know, Samson, Delilah. Yeah, but there's so much more in Judges. You know, God rose up Judges who would take place... Um, of of leaders, when Joshua died, he rose up judges to be able to help the Israelites continue to walk, hopefully, in the narrow path. But every time a judge died, here they come with their idols and going after gods in the the land that they lived in. And God would, you know, give them over to their wicked ways. And then they will cry out to God and God will rescue them by bringing a judge he brought um we saw that he brought a lot of different judges we saw he brought deborah one of the judges you know um jephthah of course is one of the judges as well gideon um he brought a lot of judges to help them to be able to come out of where they were at if you if you really Feel like God is not a God who can get angry and just um, relinquish you, give you over to your sinful ways. You should go and read Judges. I believe that many people who many people who read the Book of Judges, the fear of God kind of come over you, you know, because you see the hand of God and you see God take His hand away, you know. But God is so merciful that he has an agape love, that when they did turn from their ways and they cried out for mercy, he always heard them. He always heard them. You saw the father side of God in this book of Judges. You really saw how a father want to discipline his child, but yet he doesn't want to see his child suffer. That fatherly um, side of God was really evident in the book of Judges. Um, I, I, I really love the book of judges in a way that I wish that they would have gone deeper in how they, the judges rude. I, I mean, I, I kind of understand how Deborah rude, how she was like a judge. She would sit under the tree and they would come and they would tell her what's going on and she would give wise wisdom and how she was one who talked to, um, um, she talked to the man of God and said, you know, you're going to take over, but you're going to win, but it's going to be through a hand of a woman, you know, um, about about Barak, how he how she counseled Barak. And Barak said, you know what? Uh, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will uh, sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Uh, then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kedesh. Uh, and so you see some of those ways that she um, she judged and she was a leader. But I wish that we could see more of that leadership in all the other judges that came. It normally just says, you know, they were judges for 20 years or 10 years. They, they ruled for this amount of time. They judged Israel for this amount of time. I, I would have loved it if we could get more in depth, like how did they judge the land? How did they judge the people? You know, it reminds reminds me of when Solomon had the time where the two women who were uh, arguing about their child, one of them slept over her child when they were sleeping and the other one, uh, child died, and the other one, child lived. And so they got up and they were, you know, fighting and they went to Solomon and, and Solomon said, okay, you know what? We're going to cut the, the live baby in half. And that was his way of finding out who the mother, true mother is. Because the true mother said, you know what? You don't kill the baby. You just let her have the baby. And that's how we were able to find out who the mother was. I wanted to see those type of scenarios in the book of Judges when it came to the, to the, um, to the leaders, to the, those that were appointed as judges for the Israelites. Uh, but we get to see that in Jephthah. So let's go into the book of uh, Judges 11 concerning Jephthah. Now Jephthah the, so it says now the, the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out. And said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. And worth, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Let's pause. Let's take this at a, uh, a verse at a time. It says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. And in the word of God whenever it says a mighty man of valor it means that a man whose heart was after God, a man who had integrity, a man who was obedient, a man who was well known as somebody who is dependable, a man who feared God. And so that is something that most people would look up to when it, when it came to what a true man is. But it, but he was the son of a harlot. Even though he was a man of valor, there was something about him that was not glorified, that the fact that he was a son of a harlot we don't really know the name of um the harlot because back in that time, your issue was what you were called, like the woman with the issue of blood, uh, Rahab the harlot um, we or if you ha- if you had like any issue any type of issue uh, the Samaritan woman she didn't have a name. Your issue was your name back then, and so it says here: and and um, Gilead got, begot Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his his wife his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out, meaning that the harlot had sons, and also um, the the other woman also had sons, and so they had rival they had sibling rival they drove him out unlike joseph the story of joseph where his brothers actually um hated him and caused him to be in a pit in this one they literally drove him out and said to him you shall have no inheritance in our father's house for you are the son of of another woman There was a lot of backlash, a lot of um, sibling rivalry because of this different family situation. And we see that between Jacob, well, Israel, and Leah, and Rachel, you know, uh, with Joseph and the 12 tribes of Israel came out of four women, you know. um, Rachel had two kids. Uh, Leah had six sons and Leah then gave her, um, her her maid servant to Jacob to have more children because they were going back and forth about who's going to have more kids you know for Jacob and then the other women the other concubine the other concubines or maid 7s they had two kids each for um, Jacob so the 12 the tribe tribes of uh, Israel came out of four, four women, two wives and two maid servants, two co- um, not cucum—I <laughs> would say cucumber, <laughs> two maid servants um, that we see. So that this is something that is not—how um, do I put it? It's not a strange thing that there, were, there was always that type of rivalry. And even now, sometimes you see with like blended families where they're always trying to stop that rivalry from happening, especially like in the courtroom when one parent dies and who's going to inherit what. What? Um, this is a great example of what happens when parents don't step in and put their feet down and say, hey, you are still brothers, even though you're from two different um, parents, two different mothers. So. The rivalry was here. You, you can see it that they literally drove him out and told him to his face that he was not going to inherit the father's house because he's from another woman. Then Jephthah, I guess he, he got really, he had enough. And he, he, he fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land up top. And unlike Jephthah, we see that with the, with the prodigal son. The prodigal son acts for inheritance. But Jephthah did not ask for inheritance. He just left because of the mistreatment that he was having. Uh, and so we cannot always say when somebody leaves home that they are a prodigal son. I want to get that straight because that's something that God showed me here. Just because somebody leaves home doesn't mean that, oh, they're a prodigal son. They're going to waste their money or, or they wanted their inheritance and they, they wanted to leave. Sometimes it's because they were mistreated, just like Jephthah. So the lesson here is that even though he was a, a child of a harlot, God still helped him. God still saw him as a man, a man of valor. Okay. So where, how you came in this world does not define your identity, does not define how God sees you, does not define the rest of your life. Okay. Even though sometimes people will put it in your face, just how, just as how Jephthah's, brothers put in in his face like hey you're not going to inherit the father's uh things because you are with from another woman you are a child from another woman uh even if people in your own family put that in your face like you know you are the black sheep or whatever you have to realize that your identity is from first the lord jesus from god So Jephthah had enough, and that's the lesson that we we learn here, is that sometimes what your family members would do can cause you to have enough and say, you know what, I'm done with y'all. And many people get to that point, they're like, they're done with y'all. And that really brings us back to our Proverbs today, that sometimes your family member might say some not-so-smart things. Right, like we saw in Proverbs today, when we talked about Proverbs about how to handle people who say foolish things, um, and also we talked about how in Proverbs it says that when you put wood, when you feed the fire with more wood, and I'm paraphrasing, the the flame is gonna continue, or or if you don't feed the fire wood, the flame is gonna die. So for him, how he handled his 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 flame or his strife was to depart. And sometimes people depart from families for a a short amount of time because of the flames that are in the family. You can tell that this was a generational thing, that a a family issue that they needed to deal with. Somebody in the family, the father or the mother, needed to sit down like, hey, we are a blended family. So we're going to, well, back then they didn't say blended family, but... We are a blended family, and we all need to love each other. Y'all are, y'all, y'all are siblings. Y'all are still blood. But nobody stepped in, and Jeptah was like, I'm done. I'm leaving, bye-bye. And he left, and he went into the the land of Tob. And worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding, raiding with him. And that's the thing is that sometimes when you leave, a place of security, a place where you're supposed to dwell. Because the Bible says that, you know, we are to honor our father and mother so that it will be well with us, so that we can live longer. Uh, Jephthah left, and he left a place where, a place of foundation, because your home, where you live with your parents, is a place of foundation for you. Sometimes you might leave because you are at an age where, you are grown to be able to get your own place and, you know, have that adult lifestyle. Or sometimes you might leave because you got married and you have to leave with your, you know, leave your parent. Your, it, the Bible says, leave your father and mother's house. You know, a man shall leave his father and mother's house and be joined to his wife and the two become one, right? And sometimes you might leave because, like Jephthah, you have, you know, mistreatment. However you leave... The lesson here that we, we, we see with Jephthah is that he, he joined himself with um, worthless men. And this is a man who is a man of valor. So a man of valor shouldn't be joining himself with worthless people. Because the Bible does says that the, the, the righteous man is, is to be careful the type of friendship that they have. The righteous is to be careful about who they pick as friends. I always say that bad company corrupts good judgment. And I don't say that to beat you across the head with it, but it's very true. I have seen it for myself. You know, it says in the Word of God that the righteous should choose their friends carefully. It says in Proverbs 12 28, let's read it. It says, the righteous, the righteous should choose. His friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Okay, and here's Jephthah out of the house due to un, uncomfortable circumstances of sibling rivalry. And he joins himself with worthless men who raid the city. I want us to look at Proverbs 1 10 to 19. It says here, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And these are worthless men that were doing worthless things and sinful things, right? If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Because people who raid, who raid a town, who raid um, places, basically robbing or doing things that are not right. It reminds me of um, Samuel when he was at Eli's house. Eli's children The two boys, they were doing very ungodly things. They were supposed to be men of valor, but they were doing ungodly ungodly things. So there were sinful things that they they were doing. Let's continue to read Proverbs 1, um, 11. It says, If they they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them a life like Sheol. Uh, and and hold like those who go down to the pit. Like I said, the pit, right? We talk about the pit, about how in the in the book of, uh, of Proverbs, Proverbs 26, about how it says that if you dig a pit for somebody, you will also fall into your own pit. If you roll a stone on someone, you will also get your own stone rolled over, rolled over you, right? This is so... God to just have all of this tied together. So it says, We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Meaning that they shall fill their houses with the goods that they steal. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk, with, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil. And they make haste to shed blood. 17. Surely in vain the net is spread. In the sight of any bird. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. And this is wisdom here that we are to learn. That, you know, regardless of how you you left your your foundation of your parents' home. You should not join yourself with worthless people. You should continue to remember who you are, your identity as a Christian, your identity. And I'm talking to those that are like, you know, uh, maybe go to college. You go to college, you've you've been somebody who has walked with the Lord for all these years. And then you go to college and you join yourself with certain people and then you you leave your your principles your your men of valor principles that you've learned from home that should not be the case you should still hold on to your principles your christian principles do not let the things that they talk about or the things that they say get into you and tell you to go and do you know proverbs 1 10 to 19 how they raided the place and did wicked things so, Jephthah, I believe, was at a place where he didn't have anybody. And uh, I guess when he met these people, he's like, you know what? He has no family. He needs somebody in his life. He needs people. He needs friends. And sometimes when you leave an unpleasant situation, you have to be careful that your loneliness does not cause you to be joined to people that are not good for you. Many people. Getting to even not just friendship but you know relationship, romantic relationship uh marriages you know it, it reminds me of uh Samson and delilah like he he wanted a woman from a, a tribe that his parents were not a fan of. You have to be careful when you depart from where you're familiar with, where you have security that you do not let your loneliness or your lack of relationships cause you to settle for a relationship that is not glorified by God. Okay. Or even get into a romantic relationship with somebody that's not glorified by God. And so we see here that he joined himself with worthless men and Bennett together with Jephthah and went out waiting with them. For Four. It came to pass after time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. So let's pause there. How we have to go back and look at the the um the backstory for J- Judges eleven four, and that is found in Judges ten six to eighteen. So why are they? going war against israel let's let's turn to judges ten six to 18. so judges 10 talks, talks about tola being um a judge that was placed after abimelech died and then jair also became the one who was a judge who is a gileadite who was a judge for israel for 22 years okay and then he became the um the judge for them and then when Jair died, the, the next person that became the, um, the leader, we see here in Judges ten six that Israel was oppressed again. Like I said in the beginning, whenever uh, a judge was there, they were good. They were obeying the Lord. They were doing things right. But when a judge left, a judge died. Through death, when, when a judge died and left, they went back to what they knew before in Egypt. They went back to serving gods. Um, and So let's read it. Judges ten six. All right, It says, Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Astroites, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sid- Sidon, The gods of Moab and the gods of the people of Ammon and the gods of the Philistines and the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So they went back to their gods, the many gods that is said in the word of God that they were little gods. And sometimes that's how we are you know, as people that when God doesn't do what we want or when we don't abase ourselves under the leadership of God that eventually we will we will run into other gods. And that's how some people get into horoscopes and and new age things is because they stop going to church, they stop being under a leader. I always say that when people say, oh, I feel like this church is not for me anymore and I'm going to leave. Before you leave a church, you should ask God what what church he wants to take you to. It's important to be able to have a very short moment before you find your, your next church. Because if you elongate it, the enemy loves that because he can then change your mindset into worshiping other things. And so we see that here they the Israelites went after the other gods and it says so the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines, the Philistines, and into the hands of the people of Ammon. From that year they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years all the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead Moreover the people of Ammon crossed over Moreover the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against against Judah also against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim So that Israel was severely distressed. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals. And that's the thing about God is that whenever you turn, you know, repentance. You see the evidence of repentance here. Confession and repentance. True repentance is turning away from your wicked ways. And that's what they did here. They they confessed with their mouth and said, Lord, we have sinned against you. We have forsaken you. And not just forsaken you, but we've served Baals. We've served other gods. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, He said, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines, also the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Moabites? oppressed you? And you cried out to me in I delivered you from their hand yet you have forsaken me and served other gods therefore I will deliver you no more now you now you know how God can be God was like look we have how many times are we going to go through this mountain of you not just you building a god during your wilderness time when Aaron was like, okay, take your earrings and your jewelries and build the God that you want to build. But now that I've brought you out of bondage, you're still trying to go after other gods. God was like, now, you know, many people are like, oh, there is grace. There is grace. God is not going to, you know, punish me. Well, they have not read the book of Judges then. Go back into the book of Judges. You will see that God, sometimes he will give you over. For you to do what you want to do. Um, and so it says here that go and cry out. The Lord says to them. 14. Judges 10, 14. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. <laughs> Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Oh, Lord. The Lord told them. That he was like, listen. How many times? I feel like God was like clapping in your face. I'm joking. No, he wasn't. But you can tell that the Lord was uh, you know, upset here. He was like, look. Why don't you all just go back to your little gods and tell them to help you deliver you from your distress? Fifteen. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned Do to us. Whatever seems best to you only deliver us this day. We pray. So they confessed, They repented. They pleaded. So so they go they go to the Lord and they're like, we are sorry. You're sorry. So they put away the foreign gods. That's repentance. Repentance is turning away from what you were doing that was against the Lord. From among them and served the Lord. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. So you can tell that God has a soul. Okay, it says here, and his soul. God knows how to feel. So if you're going through trials and tribulations, don't think that God doesn't know how to feel. We are made in his image. So therefore, what we have, he has. How he feel, how we feel, he can feel too. So it says here at 17, Then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped in Gilead, and the children of Israel assembled together and encamped in in Mespa. And the people, the leaders of Gilead said to one another, Who is the man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And so now we know the backstory. The backstory to Judges 11, um, I would say Judges 11 4, where, where the, the sons said, the sons of um, the Gileadites said, It came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. So we know how and why they made war, right? So let's continue. Uh, Judges eleven five, 5. And so it was when the people of Amman made war against Israel that the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Isn't it so like your enemies <laughs> to remi- remember you when they need you? Like how I tell you, this story is like the story of Joseph in a way. You remember when in the book of Genesis, when Joseph was in Prison because um Potiphar's wife tried to sleep with him and he did not want to sin against God and he literally ran from her and her his clothing was left in her hand and she screamed, Oh, woe is me! He he tried to come and sleep with me, blah blah blah. Basically, she lied to, she lied on him and then he ended up in, in prison. And even in prison, because of his his, his, work, his, his work ethic and his, his integrity, his diligent character, he was put as a leader of the, of the prison. And during the time in, the, in prison, he was such a man of, of God that even though he was going through his own trial, he was still able to identify that the people in prison were, they look sadder than people in prison should look. And he asked them, hey, you know, what's going on? And they said they had a dream. And then he interpreted the dream of the baker and the cupbearer. And the cupbearer was put back in his position. But the baker was put to death. And he told the cupbearer, Joseph told the cupbearer, Hey, remember me when you go before the king. Two years pass by, the cupbearer does not, does not, cup has an amnesia, forgets about Joseph. But all of a sudden, when, he, when the kid had a dream... And I think that it was a divine um, alignment for for the cupbearer to to forget Joseph because the dream had had not yet come to play for Joseph to be needed. And so here it is that the cupbearer is like, oh, wait, I I remember a man when I was in prison. His name is Joseph, blah, blah, The same with these sons of Gilead. They say, oh, wait, we remember, you know, our brother, Jephthah. Let's go to the land of Tob and go find him because we need somebody to help us to fight the, the, um, the people of Ammon, the people of Ammon. So they went to the land of Tob. Let's go. Let's go into Judges eleven six. Then they said to Jephthah, Come and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Ammon. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And that is a great way to, to, you know, ask them. Like, hey, Jephthah was a very straightforward man. He wasn't like, oh, my brothers, oh, my people, hi. He wasn't faking it. He was straightforward. You can tell that he still felt hurt. I think that sometimes people who who feel hurt um, unknowingly and unwisely join themselves with people who are not good for them. So Jephthah, you could tell that Jephthah was still mending his wound. He was still felt. I feel like he. The Bible doesn't say that, you know. He he felt that, but anybody in this situation might feel like, you know, like that often spirit. You know, you don't you don't belong anywhere. You don't fit anywhere. You feel uh, rejected, neglected, right? So you could tell that he he felt neglected and rejected here. And so Jephthah asked them straightforward, like, "Yo, aren't you y'all? Aren't you the people?" That hated me. It's because of y'all that I left that house. Now you want me to be your commander? So let's see what the people said. Eight, the the elders of Gilead said to Daphna, that is why we have turned again to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So they say we, they say what? They turned again. And turn turning again, turning back to something, is repentance. Like how we see in Judges ten how the Israelite turned from their gods back to God. So you could say that they were repentant. They were like, Hey, you you know, I guess that was their way of saying we we're sorry. They didn't really say you are sorry, but they're like, Hey, you know, we turned we turned from that thought, and we're here to turn to you now, you know, and that kind of remind me of David, when David uh, was taking food to his brothers, right, and they were questioning him, his brothers was like, what are you doing here, go back to the, the sheeps, blah, 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 and, and David was like, I, I want to know what's going on, like, what's happening, why is everybody here, so the brothers later on realized that they need they need David, right? They need David. Even though David was the one that was picked and they were not, that, that in front of them, they saw the anointing of David be established. I mean, think about it this way. If you are one of the brothers and you your ill treatment drove out your brother and now you have to go Back to your brother and ask your brother for help it takes humility it takes putting your pride aside it takes it takes repenting to be able to go back like how Joseph's brothers when Joseph revealed you know himself to them they they had to be at a place of repentance right they had to be at a place of repentance and swallow their pride and swallow their ill ways and actually put on a better mentality, a godly character. So these people had to put on a godly character. And Jephthah had to forgive. This is a lesson of forgiveness, that when your your brothers or your sisters or whoever pushed you away, whoever treated you ill, whoever was mean to you, caused you to depart and caused your life to not be how it should be, when they come back to you, right you are to embrace them of course you are to question them like why are y'all here aren't you the ones that drove me away aren't you the you know you you do question them you do have that moment of let's talk about this but then afterwards you are to forgive you know you are to forget we see that with joseph he he said you it, you know it was not you it was the lord that caused me to come here you You meant it for evil, but God had a bigger purpose, right? They meant it for evil to drive Jephthah out, but God had a bigger purpose. The Bible says that when your brother sinned against you, and and then your brother returns and comes and asks you for forgiveness, you are to forgive. It says in Matthew eighteen fifteen. it says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. And we see that here that Jephthah was gained. They, they talked about it among themselves, and he was gained. So they had a unison restoration time as family. So Jephthah said to the elders, you know, that he was going to go and help them. So let's see here what it says here. Um, 10. And the, elder said, and the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord will be the witness. Let's see. Okay, it says here, 9. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, If you take me back home, Oh, here comes this noise again. Lord Jesus, have your way. If you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon, and the Lord delivers them to me, shall I be your head? So Jephthah was smart. He was like, listen, not only am I going to say yes and forgive you guys, but I want to make sure that my birthright is restored. I want to make sure that I am not going to experience what I experienced with y'all. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord will be a witness between us if we do not do according to your words. 11. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and commander over them. And Jephthah, may, and Jephthah spoke, to his wor, spoke his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Now Jephthah sent ten messengers to the king of the people of Ammon, saying, what do you have against me, that you have come to fight against me in my land? Now, let's pause here. Jephthah, straightforward. He went into army mode. He went straight to the duty. He went straight to try to do his best to win against the people of Amman. He did not wait around. He He. did not. He, they made a treaty that he, if the Lord delivers the Israelites into, you know, out of the hands of the people of Amman, that Jephthah, Jephthah would be the head. They agreed, and straightforward, you know, he went straight to be, to to continue his mission to help them. So he sent messengers to the king and went to question the king. This is wisdom here, that he uses um, the people that he has to help him win the war. He went forth with this with these messengers and said, um and so these messengers were sent to the king to talk to the king all right so let's continue it says um 13 and the king of the people of Amman answered the messengers uh let's go no 12 i think i skipped 12 um, now Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the people of Ammon, saying, "What do you have against me that you have come to fight against me in in my land?" And the king of the people of Ammon answered the messengers of Jephthah, "Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt from the Arnon, Arnon as far as the as far as the Jabbok, and to the Jordan. Now, therefore, restore those lands peacefully." So this is why they, the people were against Israel, because there is land that they took that they wanted back. Um, so Jephthah again again sent a messenger to the king of the people of Ammon and said to him, to assess Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab, nor the land of the people of Ammon. For when Israel came up from Egypt, they walked through the wilderness as far as, as the Red Sea and came to Kadesh. Then Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let me pass through your land. But the king of the king of Edom would not heed. And in like manner they sent to the king of Moab, and he would not consent. So Israel remained in Kadesh, and they went along through the wilderness and bypassed the land of Edom and, and the land of Moab came to the east side of the land of Moab and encamped on the, on the other side of Arnon. But they did not enter the border of Moab, for the Arnon was the border of Moab. Then Israel sent messenger to Sihon, king of the Amorites, king of Heshbon, And Israel said to him, please let us pass through your land into our place. But Sihon did not trust Israel to pass through his territory so Sihon gathered all his people together and camped in Jehaz and fought against Israel and the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel and they defeated them thus Israel gained possession of all the land of Amorites who inhabited the country they, they took possession of all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon to the Jebok and from their witness to the Jordan, and now the Lord God of Israel has delivered has dispossessed the Amorite from excuse me now and now the lord of the Lord God of Israel has dispossessed the Amorites from the from before his people Israel so, uh, should you then possess it, will you not possess whatever mosh your God gives you? to possess. So whatever the Lord our God takes possession of before us, we will possess. And this part is such a beautiful uh lesson that we can learn here. jephthah was did not go straight into war. Like let's put on our armor, let's go and attack the the tents of the people of Ammon. No, he went with words. He went with wisdom. He went with words. He went with history. He was like, okay, let's figure out. First of all, why do you want to go to war? Okay, we, we want to be able to get our land back from you guys because you, the Israelites took our land. And then Jephthah sent another message to them like, hey, you might have forgotten the history of Israel, but let me reintroduce you and remind you that this is what went down. That we tried to, you know, um, camp in this, in this city, but the king did not trust that. And so we have to bypass and we have to do this and do that. And he went, from, he went through history. That's why you have to know your history. You know, it's important that we know history because he fought. Jephthah defeated the king with knowledge, with history. Before he defeated the king, we come back that's why it's important to know your history. History class. He took him to, you know, Israelites history 101. <laughs> That's what he did. Dr. was like, let me tell you what really went down. Because when, we, when you look at Deuteronomy 146 and Numbers 13, 1, 2, 3, and Numbers 14, uh, 16, you get to understand why Israel remained in Kadesh. Let's look at that. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 146, okay? Let's turn to Deuteronomy 146. Deuteronomy is in after numbers. Deuteronomy 146. Let's look at that. It says here, um, So you remain in Kadesh many days, according to the days that you spent there. Okay, let's go up a little bit. Um... This is this is the place where there's penalty for Israel's rebellion. Let's read from forty five. Then you turned and went before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice, nor give you nor give ear to you. Again, you see that the Israelites were rebellious and they were praying to the Lord again. It's like they've not learned from their history. So forty six. So you remain in Kadesh many days according to the days that you spent there. So uh, so Jephthah was true in what he was saying, that they did remain in Kadesh. Okay, so let's go to Numbers 13, 1 to 26. Right before Deuteronomy is Numbers. So let's go to Numbers 13, 1 to, to 26. So we are going to check you know, Jephthah's uh, history of what he was talking about to this the king of Ammon, if it's correct. Jephthah... Um, was telling him the history, how the Israelites ended up where they were. So Numbers 13, 1, to 26. All right, so it says here, spies sent into Canaan. Ooh, Lord. Mm -hmm. I want to see if I can bypass. Let's see. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness. Basically, uh, let's go down. So every tribe sent a son to, like how Moses said, every tribe will send one person, a leader among them. Now let's go to... go to 17 then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak few or many Uh, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds whether the land is rich or poor And whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the fruit of the first ripe grapes. So they went as the, you know, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin. You know, so they went and spied. Let's go down to twenty five. Um. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the, of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the food of the land. So we see that they dwelled, right? It says that, um, let's go... Then they told him and said, We went to the land where we sent, where you sent us. It, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwelt in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwelt by the sea and along the banks of Jordan. So we see what Jephthah was talking about. It's true. It's true here. Uh, 14. And you can look at 14 and also numbers 14, numbers 10 to see the history. But everything, everything that Jephthah was talking about is completely true. He was given, you know, the leader of Ahmad the, the download like hey this is actually what, what went down with my people it's important to know your history so that when somebody comes and say oh you know slavery is still relevant you be like uh, no 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 we are done with slavery no more of that um you can then put your feet down and say that is discrimination Or if you were Jewish back then, Holocaust season, you know your history. So you can tell the person that we we don't live in Hitler days anymore. Even though some some things are racist, there's still racist racist people on earth. But if you are being treated, you know, in a discriminatory way, you can put your feet down and be like, racism was over this time. Um, Or this is how things are now. You know, um, black people can marry white people. White people can marry black people. Um, women can vote, right? Um, women are not supposed to have abortion anymore. So it's important to know your history so that you are able to win certain arguments, right? So that you don't look like a fool, like how we saw in the book of Proverbs, you know, talked talks about... Um, how a fool, you're not supposed to quarrel with the fool because let's look back at Proverbs, what it said. Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. Let's go back. I did not tie this together at all, but this is tying together. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 26. It says here about how to handle a fool. It says, um, do not answer a fool according to his folly lest you also be like him, right? So some people, Jephthah did not, Jephthah did not um, answer the king of Ammon by his folly. He was like, let me give you the truth, the, the history, right? So it's, it's good to know your history. All right, so let's continue. 25, um, and now, are you any better than Balak, the son of Zippor? King of Moab, did he ever strive against Israel? Did he ever fight against them? While Israel dwelt in Heshbon and its villages, in Arar and its villages, and in all the cities along the banks of Arnon for 300 years, why did you not recover them within that time? Ooh, Jephthah was like, all this time, why now? Why, did he, why didn't Why did you try and get this land back during those 300 and and 300 years why didn't you get the land back why now jephthah was not afraid to to ask the king questions this was a man who was rejected by his own family but he had like he had this boldness about him to 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 question a king you know don't jephthah was not fearful jephthah was like. I'm going to lead the people. I'm going to help you all. And I'm going to be bold with my questions, with, my, with what I want to know concerning this skin. Many people don't really win battles because they're afraid to ask the questions that they need to ask to be able to win the battle that needs to be won. Jephthah was not one of them. So let's continue. It says, um, therefore, I have not sinned against you, but you wronged me by fighting against me. It says, I have not sinned against you, but you wronged me by fighting against me. Jephthah did not go there and say the Israelites. He went there and said, Me, we. He used words like, I am part of the team. I am part of these people. And sometimes, the lesson here is that sometimes you don't win battles in your ministry or your business because you are looking at yourself only he you have to change your language when he when he sent the messenger it didn't say just i want to know it says when he sent the messenger to the to the king it says what do you have against me that you have come to fight against me in this land chapter made it his his own issue and in 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 a team when you are with people, you what they go through, you go through. Jephthah did not. You did not say, "Oh, you know, uh, it's uh, these foreigners, these people who rejected me." What do you want with uh, these people, the Israelites? He he didn't say that. He said, "What do you want with me?" As though if they go down, he go down, right? Even though, and that's that's true. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, is seeing somebody treat you horribly and then defending them and going in front of their enemy and say, what do you want with me? And representing them. Saying me is, if you, if you go against them, you go against me, right? That's true forgiveness. All right, let's look at it. It says, while Israel dwelt, mm, let's go down. Therefore, I have not sinned against you, but you wronged me by fighting against me. May the Lord, the judge, render judgment this day before the children of Israel and the people of Amman. However, the king of the people of Amman did not heed the words which Jephthah sent him. He says, let the Lord render judgment. Jephthah, even though Jephthah was going back and forth with questions and answers, he knew who was fighting for him. The the God of Israel, the one that helped them get Moses to part the sea, the God that helped Moses to part the sea, the, the, the God that, you know, helped them with manna, the God of Israel that helped them possess the land with Joshua. He was the one that was still there to help them. You know, Jephthah was a man of valor because he, he still had the Lord in his heart. He still kept the principles of God in his heart. Yeah, when he, went, he left home, he kind of merged a little off and got in connection with the wrong people. But even when he came back, he still had that principle in his heart that God would be the judge. Even though you guys have put me in leadership, I know who is the true leader here. So we see the lesson here that Jephthah is teaching us is that regardless of what position that you are put in always remember that god is the leader god is the one that makes things happen you know you water you plant but god is the one that brings the increase so whatever position that you are put in in this world if you become the ceo of, of google the president the next president of usa the next you know deacon in the church the the next elder, the next apostle, the, ne- the next uh, chef, head, head chef in the restaurant. Whatever position, you know, you get, remember that God is the ultimate judge. You know, Daniel, I, I, the Lord led me to the book of Daniel. And I, I had to look up the name Daniel, what it means. And it says, God is my judge. And we understand why Daniel knew that God is the ultimate judge when he was put in, in the lion's den, when he was put in the fire, in the furnace. Because he knew that his life, the circumstances of his life is, is judged by God. So he knew that regardless, that God is going to render judgment. So here we see that even though Jephthah is in leadership, he still knows who is going to help him. Psalms 37, 6 to 8. I want us to look at that. Psalms 37, 6 to 8. It says here that, 6 to 8. It says here that, um, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass eight cease from anger and forsake wrath do not fret it only causes harm so we see here that Jephthah was exercising this that he was waiting on the lord to be the one to render he was like god will render judgment he knew the history of God, through the history of Israel. The, the very people that came from Israel, that did not come from, well, the, his very brothers that came from Israel, that did not come from a harlot, he knew the God of, the God of Israel more than they did. Even though he came from a harlot, his, he, his, his, um, his faith was in the Lord. Even though he came from a, a mother who did sinful things, he knew, he knew that God never fails. And sometimes your, your own personal life issues can bring out your trust in God. You know, when he left his father and mother's house because of his brothers drove him out, he probably had God to rely on for, for a long time. Sometimes your unpleasant circumstances will push you closer to God. When all else has failed. When everyone is not there to welcome you and to help you. In Psalms 121. In in Psalms 121, it talks about looking to the hills where your help come from. Sometimes that's how your life is. Is that everyone it's not there for you and so you draw closer to god and so when issues rise up you don't go to god's you don't go to any other any other thing but you you look to the hills where your help come from i want us to look at uh psalms 121 it talks about looking to your looking to the hills where your help your help come from it says i will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth? He will not allow your foot to be moved. He will he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. God knows how to preserve our, our soul because like it said, his soul was grieved in Judges 10, Judges 10, um, 16. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. So he knows how to preserve your soul. It says, the Lord shall preserve you. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. And I believe that in this moment, this could explain the closeness that you get when you look to the hills where your help, your help come from. So let's continue with Judges Judges 11. Um so Jephthah told them, look, you're not fighting fighting against me, you're going to fight against the Lord. Like how David David told Goliath, you you think you're you're coming against, you know, me. You you uncircumcised Philistine, but you're actually coming against the Lord. Right? David, David told Goliath that he is going to fight. He's fighting against Jehovah. He's not fighting against him. He said, he said well, I come in the name of the Lord. Let's look at 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then David said to him, you come. I love this part. David was so bold. When you see these, David was rejected. Jekhthah was rejected. They have this boldness. And even Joseph was rejected by his own brothers. But you see that these people, I believe that each one of them had the lesson of of encounter, of closeness, of friendship with God. Only people who have friendship with God are able to talk boldly like that. You know, are able to boldly Talk about God like that. Joseph said, you many for evil, but God many for good. You know, Jacob said, God will render judgment. And 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 David said to, to you know, um, to Goliath. Then David said to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear. Uh, let's see. He says, but I come to, I'll read from here. It says, David said, but I come to thee in the name of jehovah of hosts the god mm, i don't like this translation let's go to a different translation okay let's go to this one the niv david said the Philistine, you you come against me with a sword and a spear and a, a javelin but i come against you in the name of the lord almighty the god of the armies of israel whom you have defied def- defied so the reason why they, these rejected um, brothers can speak boldly about God in the, front, in the face of their enemies, and in, in doing so, they're defending the, the same people who rejected them, is because during their time of solitude, they had nobody to rely on, on but God. And sometimes you will think that, oh, your rejection is. Horrible, but sometimes your re- your rejection is redirection. It's 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 meant to draw you closer to God, so that when you are able to defend those that rejected you, you know how to do it. You know who is going to help you. Sometimes I believe that God that there is a test of rejection. Can you pass the test of rejection? Jesus had to pass the test of rejection. Everybody, all the all the all the. The um, the religious, horrible people in the synagogue were rejecting him. All the elders and leaders. But he didn't let it stop him. He knew who his source was. God. Right? So sometimes the test of rejection is not, it's not bad all the time. The test of rejection is to draw you closer to God. Because when you become friends with God and you know your identity, when you come back, you don't rely on the people. Instead, you are the one that defend the people. Through who you you know is the right person, who is God, the, the actual one that will never reject you, right? So we see here that, you know, he learned that principle. He learned that principle. So your season of rejection should be a season of drawing closer to God, not hating those that rejecting you, not dwelling on the past, not being angry and bitter because you don't allow the Lord to show himself as sovereign, that He can be your Emmanuel, God with you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if your mother, your father forsake you, like David said, when he wasn't rejected, even when his mother, his father forsake him, God is there. Only a re- only somebody who's gone through rejection can be able to uh, say that with, with, you know, with surety. Only a person who's gone through rejection and really got to know the deepness of God's heart for them. The, the connection to God on a friendship level can literally say that. that even if my father, my, my mother forsake me, God, you are there, right? And we see that Jephthah had that... Um, aha moment that revelation that i don't come alone i left my father's house alone but i came with god i came with something better my friendship with god right so i want to take a break and then we're going to go and see how jephthah won, how he won this war against the people of amen i hope that you're learning something here uh, this is something that God has placed on my heart to talk about. There's so many lessons that I can go deeper into with this uh, message of Jephthah. So let's go on a break of um, song, a song and then come back and com- conclude uh, the story of Jephthah, the lessons of Jephthah.
3: Please just give me a chance To show you that I'm serious And I'll take your hand Make noise to draw the curious Show them you're here with us, yeah Used, used by you instrument, Play me, or use, use, buy you, and whatever you want me to do. I'm your instrument, yeah, yeah. I'm your instrument, play Hand. make noise to draw the curious, show them you're here with us, yeah. Use, use by you, cannot be used, used by you, just an instrument, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm your instrument, player. Yeah, yeah, oh I'm your instrument to draw the curious, show them you're here with us, yeah, used, used by you, oh can I be used, used by you, just an instrument, yeah, whoa, whoa, I'm your instrument play
0: welcome back so this is part one um i always like to take a a moment like five minutes all that i've talked about all that we've discussed about jephthah about the Israelites in genesis in well not in genesis but looking at you know uh judges looking at deuteronomy numbers looking at proverbs everything i've discussed about what are you taking? What is the Holy Spirit revealing to you, telling you? What is sticking out to you? What is something that God is ministering to you? Because these lessons, I believe that the Bible has great men and women of God that lived on earth just like you and I, and we get to learn about them so that we don't create the same mistakes that they did or live a life that is better, you know, because we learn from other people who've lived before us, and this is a great tool, because this is something that we can we can learn from right that's why it's called the lessons from Jephthah. and so ask the Lord, take five minutes, ask the Lord, God, what are you saying to me from the first half of Jephthah? what are you telling me? Am I to forgive somebody you know do I have to heal from rejection um, Do I need to know my history right? Um. Really, ask the Lord. Maybe you, you might need to know that God is the one that renders judgment. So ask the Lord, what is it that he's telling you personally from this episode of Jephthah's lessons that, that you can glean from? Okay, just take five minutes and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Just one moment with you
4: gives me all I need Just one more desires that the things that the church were established on the foundation of the church that
2: us as a younger generation that we are not to abandon the foundations of God's church
0: all right so this is the first half of the Jephthah story um, please tune in into Lessons from Jephthah Part 2 to get to know how Jephthah won this war against the people of Amen um, Amon. Well, Amon, Amon, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, anyway, so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we really get to know more in-depth lessons and how Jephthah's life changed and how he dealt with it um, in part two. So tune in. Today I played song by Elevation Worship, uh, Grateful. I played Travis Green, Instrument. And I believe I played a song by Maverick City as well. So be blessed. Find out these songs on Spotify, on YouTube, any channel that you can get uh, music from again i don't own any of these songs i play it to go along with um the messages uh if you hear me talk all the time and not listen to some worship music you don't really get the fullness of you know teaching and episodes on here so i like to incorporate worship music by people that i I know that are really great worshipers that I, that I can share the, the music with. So you never know, somebody might listen to this podcast and the only thing that really did a, a work in them was that one song, okay? So thank you for listening to the part one of Jepta. Tune in to part two.